Never heard him. Always thought the name was uh, a little too silly for my taste. That's just me talking, though, you know? Uh, of course, that's also why I never heard Hatebreed until a couple years ago. And I wouldn't say I became a fan exactly, but I listened to a song and totally got the appeal. Um, I was expecting kind of like Tool-esque, you know, sort of grungy, overdramatic new metal. Maybe a little corn sprinkled in for good measure. But the Hatebreed songs I heard basically sounded like bro or thrash metal. Definitely like shared some DNA with the Slayers and Megadeths and Metallicas and Anthraxes of the world. Though I guess those bands, you know, they were the bros of their day in, in certain ways. But uh, none of that is here, there, anywhere, really. Oh, I need to call someone out. Uh, someone other than Mudvayne. Because I'm pretty sure Mudvayne does not listen to this show. But how about Blaze God 420 I love that name. You know, Miles of the Daily Zeitgeist fame. Great podcast. Check it out. If you ain't, at Miles of Grey has another one called 420 Day Fiance, which no, doesn't really make any more sense if you know there's a reality show called 90 Day Fiance, which I've only heard of through him and that show. But I love that title, 420 Day Fiance. It's just as dumb as it could possibly be. Um, that's all. And I'm, I'm, I'm always up for that. I am a dumbest, after all. I-S-T, not E-S-T. I might be the dumbest, but I'm also a dumbest in that I play the dumb. Um, say, my guest today's name used to be Black Goat 666. Black Goat 666, which I thought was a great name. Also, just real dumb. Uh, I get why he changed it to Where in Hell, but, you know, I really always liked that one. Um... Hey, today's guest is We're in Hell, and you should subscribe to his awesome leftist slash trash TV theory YouTube channel. Speaking of reality shows, and also follow BlazeGod420 on Twitter. That's with an at symbol up top. No surprises in there, just BlazeGod420, which is kind of a good get with that handle. I mean, it's pretty specific, but I'm sure someone else wants it, so you know. If you want BlazeGod 420s Twitter handle, shoot him or her or them uh, a message with an offer of at least some money and uh, see if you are the lucky one who uh, gets to pay that much money for whatever I was just saying. Welcome to a brand new episode, a full episode of Brecci with me, Hogbogman.
tell you, this war stuff is nuts, right? That's all anybody's talking about. Ukraine, me-crane, they-crane, we-crane? Hell, now the demon rats are saying a he-crane can be a she-crane. Maybe I can play one of my sound effects. I'm trying to, been trying to set up a soundboard. It is way harder than you might think. He was a totally satanic demon by age 10, reportedly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just paused for a minute to try and troubleshoot that. You'd think setting up a soundboard would not be a difficult thing to do. And I think I know how to do it. It's just like all the ways I know seem like, couldn't there be something a little simpler to set up than that? I don't know. I might have to spend a little bit of money to to get that going, but um, I've got some really good sound effects. Um, I'll drop a few of them in uh, in post here, and uh, you can you sheetheads can report back to me as to whether you like them or not. So anyway, I just said that thing. I said a, a it's probably a very insensitive joke. I should probably cut it out. A tweet I done did. Now. I try not to pull much from Twitter or my other media stuff too much. I guess I use a lot of my ready-made songs on this show, but generally I keep tweets separate from YouTube videos, separate from podcast episodes, etc. But this one is just, you know, one one that I liked. See, actually, I thought that that uh, tweet might be a good example of a quote-unquote trans joke, a joke about trans people or a transness that's not particularly reverent or making any kind of woke point, um, though I guess the target of the tweet is, you know, transphobic weirdos and dum-dums. It's like a joke that involves trans people, but doesn't really make transness the butt of the joke, just sort of makes light of their identities. And that's not the most sensitive thing in the world to do, but I don't think it's really harmful. I mean, I could be wrong about that, you know, please let me know. (laughs) I'm sure you will. If uh, I'm wrong, you should, because I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again, and that's uh, how you grow. People pointing it out to you, and um, you know, I uh, I don't I certainly would not want to uh, make light of uh, transness if that could be harmful, but at the same time, I think um, it's kind of a uh, you know, hey, we're all in this together. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, that's 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 a little bit of a preface to the awkwardness of me trying to talk about this issue specifically um and how to approach discourse around it it's like i really don't have any kind of special uncomfortableness with any sort of uh identity anybody might have i don't think i i maybe somewhere and you know subconsciously but i just uh, I find it so difficult to talk about because, I mean, I just don't understand where you're coming from, I guess, um, to such a high degree, and I want to. I want to be empathetic. And, uh, I want to be accommodating uh, as best I can as a regular... Bo- regular. That, see, there you go. That's language that is... Uh, we're indoctrinated to think. I'm, I just was about to refer to myself as a regular old cisgender white male. All of those things. None of those things are regular. That's ridiculous, you know, like, that's the sort of thing that um, we've made a lot of progress on very explicit racism and sexism, homophobia, and all kinds of stuff, but that's sort of like, you know, very subtle stuff that's very insidious, that's the really hard stuff to root out, but hey, working together, I think we can do it, um, anyway, uh, this is all building up to me saying, please don't cancel me for defending Ben Burgess too much or not enough during this discussion. Look, 
you know, if you're a sheet head, you get it. Ben Burgess was on Joe Rogan. It was a whole thing. And now he's canceled because he didn't say the good things he was supposed to on the talkie show, especially about the issues he isn't really well qualified to speak on. I'll tell you, I was listening to one of my favorite humans on one of my favorite podcasts a few weeks ago. That's Mr. Uh, Sex at Dawn, civilized to death himself, Mr. Chris Ryan. Um, and he got to talking about Joe Rogan, which is where I originally heard of Dr. Ryan. Um, tangentially speaking, great podcast. Check him out, uh, Chris Ryan, and a couple great books too. Um, it seems they've developed something of a like semi-professional, mostly public friendship, uh, Chris Ryan and Joe, Joe Rogan. Um, apparently when... Brett Weinstein and Heather Hying, which, or Stein, I don't know, uh, both of them are little, uh, stinkers, um, but, uh, they're, they're awful, like, peddle a lot of horrible stuff, and, you know, intellectual dark web type, whatever, who cares, um, they were on Rogan at some point over the past couple years, and, uh, they trashed Chris Ryan and his, his big book, the aforementioned, uh, Sex at Dawn, now, those two ding-dongs are dangerous, toxic grifting idiots who have way too big of a following and no one should ever listen to anything they say and yes i'm advocating for brett weinstein and heather hying to be permanently banned from all public platforms off to the gulags with yous go on now yeah i'm just kidding um i'm just i'm just giving some some hoss advice steer clear of them too let them say what they want but also uh let me say don't listen to anything they say they don't and liars if we ever do get them gulags going though uh just don't put me in charge of them i might have made this joke before but i'm a big softy you know elon musk and tucker carlson would be playing xbox with an open door policy and a mini fridge full of mountain dew code red by day three it's uh, i i might have said that before again uh but hey it's uh, a joke that i like and um i should be allowed to bring it back and refine it every once in then as long as I'm not doing it like every episode or every other episode or every third episode or every 10th episode even. All right. So here we are with an edition of Haas Responds. Okay, let, let's go with that. is responding to himself, sort of, uh, preemptively responding to the interview I did in which I don't really know if I did a very good job. Look, We're in Hell is a fantastic big ol' YouTube channel talking all kinds of weird reality TV shows and critical theory and leftist stuff just right up my alley, but we really locked horns in this chat. It gets real spicy and awkward. Not really. Mr. Sam, where in hell, YouTube guy, uh, you're a great guest and I want to have you back soon. And it, it really didn't get it. The, the only awkwardness came from like the lag from the doing it over Zoom and the fact that, um, you know, I stutter sometimes when I'm nervous about getting saying something controversial or whatever. Uh, so, um, yeah, where, where in hell's IRL name is Sam with one M. And my last full episode guest was Girl Sam with two M's. So, you know, make a wish. 
look, I didn't edit much out here. Uh, I, I cleaned up a little a little bit. So, you know, cancel me for not defending Ben Burgess enough or defending him too much. Oh, oh yeah, that's why I brought up uh, Chris Ryan before. He told this story about getting an out-of-the-blue call from one Joe Rogan, someone he considered a friend, but not like a close friend, certainly not a call-out-of-the-blue-to-catch-up type friend. You know what I mean? So he uh, answered the call from Rogan, and uh, he was bending over backwards to apologize to Dr. Ryan for not adequately defending him, Rogan was. He was like, uh, you know, I, I didn't know there would be any pushback, so I was like totally unprepared for it. I just like dropped the ball, so, something like that. Um, and apparently, like, Rogan was really apologetic about it. Now, I know that story probably doesn't surprise most of you. And for those of us who have written Joe off as a transphobe and really hopped off the train since the COVID vaccine denial stuff started, um, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't change anything about how you feel. That's valid. And you might be right. And I'm certainly not uh, prepared or willing to let any of my public internet peanut gallery commentary guy reputation hinge on whether anyone buys my defense of Joe goddamn Rogan. Uh, I know I've tried to boost my SEO by featuring Rogan and like Dave Chappelle and other famous men in my artwork shirtless sometimes general subject matter lately, but that's all in the game. Look, I agree with Ben and Joe about Andy. No, in part, I guess maybe they didn't express it in the best way, but no is a full of pee poop propagandist by no means a real journalist in my view but I don't think I or Rogan or no or Benny Berg should be the ones who get to decide who does or does not get to call themselves a journalist and I don't think violence is justified unless it's the only viable option for stopping in process or imminent violence even then my personal spiritual philosophy doesn't really fully justify violence but I think it's crazy to think all violence is the same or that Those using force to protect themselves or innocent people have no ground to stand on. Um, Anyway, I I don't think that what they said about Andy No was beyond the pale. I mean, you might disagree or think they don't have their facts straight, but I think old Benny Berg's, his take is coherent here. Also, of course, the big problem with Joe Rogan before the COVID vaccine stuff was his weird fixation on trans people. And I saw some of you woke men, woke women, and woke envies uh, getting pretty upset about some of those clips of Ben talking about the issue on Twitter. Look, I'm a straight cisman, so take everything I say here with a grain, a molecule of salt. But I'm just not convinced that 100% of the people concerned about trans athletes are 100% bigots 100% of the time. I watched a video by a trans creator, Ms. Andrea Ravinsky, whom I still love, uh, a small leftist channel you should check out. She's uh, funny and probably will piss you off with something or other. Um, And you look like you need to get pissed. So check her out. Uh, But anyhow, I watched one of her uh, videos on Ben's shortcomings in addressing the trans athlete issues. And I think I got where she was coming from. It does seem like that issue is focused on primarily because it's an easier case for transphobes to make devoid of any context, despite the fact that it's really a minor issue involving vanishingly few people on anything resembling a grand scale. But I don't know anything about this issue, really. Actually, I know a little bit more about it now because Mia Mulder great YouTuber who uh, is trans, I believe. Um, She, uh, if I'm wrong about that, I hope I'm not wrong about that. I think I've heard her say that before. Um, She uh, um, dropped a video on trans athletes issue stuff. So, and yeah, she's trans. I 
she was talking about it in the we form. So um, check that out. That might be your best bet right there is because uh, it was well, I mean, it seemed well researched to me. I didn't, you know, I didn't do a project where I was fact checking it, but um, she seemed to uh, have a very nuanced, reasonable uh, view on this issue that a lot of people seem to think is a, very, a gray area. Um, you know, trans athletes, um, uh, cisgender or people assigned male at birth competing as women after they've transitioned, that sort of thing. Um, you know, that I think people see that as being a kind of touchy, you know, there could be some room for discussion on that at least. And, um, I, I can, I can sort of see why as just somebody who doesn't really know much about all those issues. So anyway, check out Mia Mulder. That's M-I-A and then Mulder, like Fox Mulder, M-U-L-D-E-R on YouTube, a great YouTube channel. I wonder if she'd come on the show. She might be too famous, but she's internet famous. I can, you know, all these internet famous people, they just got like a lot of subscribers and I still am able to like get in touch with them and bring them on the show. It's kind of crazy if you think about it. Um, like my friend here today, Mr. We're in hell. Woo. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, um, I don't know anything about the trans athletes issue and Ben doesn't seem to really, he seemed pretty unequipped to tackle the issue with old Joey rogues. Um, that in and of itself might be enough for you to write Ben off, but this just really isn't one of the main areas of focus for him. You know, after all, Ben was trying to like, I think he said something like model how to bring normies leftward or something. You know, he indicated that during a recap he did on his call-in show. Um, okay, that's... Oh, actually, I have a call-in show. Y'all should check it out. I keep getting subscribers to it. I haven't done a show, an episode yet, but the call-in app, C-A-L-L-I-N app. Um, download that and uh, follow Newt So Cute. And I'm just Haas Bossman on there. You can follow me. And my first show I made was Newt So Cute. It's about Newt Gingrich and how cute he is. And uh, I'm going to be taking some calls about that pretty soon we're building up a good following and um i think it's gonna be good okay so that's enough uh and also check out ben burgess uh, give me an argument give them an argument ben burgess and check him out on all this stuff but more i mean more to the point of today's episode check out where in hell and his youtube channel and stuff and i think he streams on twitch also uh so anyway that's enough hedging and apologizing look we're all trying here and the answer to shitty things being said is to overshadow those shitty things with good things. And that's what I'm trying to do here, for God's sake. Um, okay, so real quick, here's my review of The Batman. A real quick edition of Haas Recommends? Question mark. Uh, pros. Reasons to watch The Batman. It's really long, so you're getting your money's worth, and it's plenty of time to finish your snacks and whatnot. Uh, the actor playing Batman is very good. Uh, did I say Batman? And he's new, uh, not just to the role, but also this is his first movie. There are no spoilers in the movie at all, and here are some uh, cons for the uh, to not watch it. It is a different actor playing Batman in this film, so all you Wayne heads who love the original Val Kilmer films might be disappointed uh, so, though quite long, the film is not quite as long as uh, some others I have seen. I'm not sure if it would be a two-box set if it were on VHS or not, um, but I, I imagine it probably would be, so I think that's, maybe we should move this out of uh, 
the con column into the pro column. And if I have some time, extra time this week, I'll make a little theme for that because that moving something from the con column to the, the pro column, that is like a big deal. So um, I should make a music theme for it. Uh, so you might hear that right now. Uh, the plot is very experimental, mostly vacillating between like biopic in the tradition of great balls of fire and the Chicago method. So um, your mileage may vary. So, you know, that was my review um, of uh, whatever that movie was. And also you should watch Network because I should do a video, a YouTube video about Network. I don't know if there are that many uh, video essays on it. I love that movie. It's so captivating. And in all hostness. I um I did uh, I watched Network for maybe the fourth or fifth time the other night because uh, my uh, GFF had never seen it and it's one of my favorite movies so um we watched that and it's on HBO Max check if you've never seen it you should watch it it's like it seems like it would be boring it's like you know a movie from 1976 about it's like a drama about a uh, news station uh you know I'm sure that's not like an easy sell for a lot of people but it's awesome. It's very prescient and it's, it's great. It almost is like science fiction in the sense of, I'll tell you what I mean. Like sci-fi often is an alternate present and it really technically is an alternate present of the time that it was made the seventies. Um, because you know, there's a broadcasting company that doesn't actually exist in real life and never did. Uh, and, but it also, I mean, it's a satire and it, it sort of uses this heightened reality to make points in a very similar way to a lot of, I think the great, like satirical or like social commentary type science fiction movies and books and stuff, uh, do. And so, um, check that out. And that, you know, it's like, it's not science fiction in the sense that there's robots and stuff, but it's like, it has kind of a, a similar, it's in this, a similar spirit to, um, you know, the, the alternate present kind of thing and sort of like taking trends and ramping them up to a ridiculous degree. I mean, or really, you know, when you're projecting the future, that's what a lot of science fiction does. It's just that this does it in kind of like real time network awesome movie amazing and the thing that I commented on that was I was kind of surprised by when I started watching it because I was thinking you know I've seen this movie a few times I love it but I'll be kind of working on some stuff um while uh, my GFF is watching this because it's her first time seeing it and I just got completely captivated by it and so network is it held my attention much better than the new Batman movie did which I'm it's kind of weird to say because like I you know, love superhero stuff and superhero movies. It's just that this new Batman movie, it was just, it was just a little too slow for my tastes. It just, and just a little too long too. Um, it is three hours long, but anyway, Batman, I don't think it was bad or anything. It just kind of was, it was, it was, it was tough sell for me. Um, maybe I'll give it another chance and like it more, uh, in the future. Um, okay. Batman. Batman. Alrighty, I think that is quite enough of you listening to just me talking. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Twit, that's short for Twitch, and Patreon at Haas underscore Bossman. And on Bandcamp and TikTok, uh, I'm Haas Bossman without the underscore on those two, I think. Uh, I wish I could uh, make it the 
same everywhere, uh, just without or with the gosh forsaken underscore, but I can't. So, you know, it's either with it or without it, unless, you know, just make sure you subscribe to this show and tell your friends uh, and please rate and review this podcast. Nobody's done that in a while and it really does help a lot uh, with the stuff. Um, so please give it a thing, a review, rating. Yeah, apparently it just drive a lot of new peeps to the show. So go to www.host.fun for all my stuff. I'm really everywhere. Follow BlazeGod420 on Twitter and subscribe to Where in Hell on YouTube. He's also on Twitter at at We're in Hell YT and YouTube at youtube.com slash We're in Hell. That's, you know, we are is a conjunction, but or not a conjunction, a contraction. I'm an English teacher. It's a horrible mistake to make. Um, a uh, but it does. It's spelled like without the apostrophe because I don't think you can put apostrophes in um, usernames. So uh, yeah, and uh, oh, you'll you'll notice the sound. I tried to clean it up, but I had to record this. There was a scheduling uh, poo poo, and I had to record this when I was out of town. So all I had was my like little travel mic, and uh, I think it sounds good, but it's definitely not the butteriness. But you don't care about my butteriness. We're in hell's butteriness. That's what you care about. And he sounds like sexual chocolate. So, um, yeah. Uh, okay, here's Where in Hell's very special bread sheet theme. This one is kind of long, but I think this one is like one of the few themes I made that I'm like tempted to elevate to the level of calling it a composition. It's quite odd and complex, and I think it fits very nicely with Where in Hell's Thing and it's stuff. time to finally pucker up and decide which one I want to kiss. Wanna kiss. Wanna kiss. We're in hell now. We're in hell now. We're in hell now. Welcome to Welcome hell. They be. They be. They be. How's it going? Good, Mister uh, In Hell. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know your name. What? Uh, what? What is your uh, my name? name? Is Sa- my name is Sam. I don't really give out my last name. That's cool, but yeah. 
Okay, yeah, sure. I go a fully fake name, so. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I should, do, I should come up with a good fake name, but um, yeah, for now, it's just, uh, it's weird in hell. Yeah, sorry, sorry for, uh, <laughs> for for putting this off so many times and for um, uh, being the worst scheduling-wise. Dude, no no problem at all, man. Um, well, uh, thank you for uh, taking the time out to, to talk with me this evening. Um, of course. I, uh, so, I'm a big fan of your channel. I think I've kind of caught it. Before it had gotten, you know, to the point, I guess, of your, I, I heard you mention before that it's it's kind of self-sustaining now, or at least you're not having to like work another job right now. You're making a living off YouTube. Is that right? Oh yeah. No, I'm, um, I'm fully, uh, I'm in the, uh, I'm in the YouTube Illuminati now. I'm, um, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it, this is my only job. That's, that's awesome. Congratulations on that. Living the dream. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's, um, uh, so much pressure, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I like, um, I don't know if you, um, I've seen the stuff of like my newest video. Um, it, uh, uh, it's doing unbelievably well. Uh, it, it's like still, um, one of the best performing videos I've, uh, I've, I've ever put out, even though it got taken down yesterday because of uh bullshit copyright claim. So, um, now I'm going to have to, uh, come Monday, explain that to my sponsors. And it's, uh, it's a whole, it's a whole new thing. It's a whole new horrible world to explore. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, wouldn't it be, it'd be nice if you didn't have to have sponsors and rely on the YouTube algorithm and all that stuff, huh? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's the real dream. Like I'm, I'm, I'm at the, I'm at the point where I'm like doing great. I also, uh, all my videos are brought to you by Surfshark VPN right now, you know? I mean, you know, that's, yeah. uh, I, I think it beats the hell out of like a lot of other things that you could potentially be uh, sponsored by. So, um, you know, at least you're not having to run like uh, just I, some of the, you know, podcasts that I listen to that, um, you know, I've uh, one that uh, the old editor in chief of Cracked does that, you know, they, they moved over to, um, or he, you know, quit Cracked and started doing this thing with uh, how stuff works and, um, you know, how stuff works of still like a big company, I think maybe owned by Turner or something like that. But, um, they, uh, you know, th but they were always, they didn't have that like corporate feel to them. And then like how stuff, I think he had not been there for like a year or two before how stuff works got bought by iHeartRadio, which is formerly clear channel, which I don't know if clear channel has their tentacles up in Canada, but, um, they, uh, yeah, they're like one of those massive, like they own, you know, 70 percent right, of all radio right, stations right. or something like that so now they're like mm. constantly having to do stuff like uh they you know it's a i wouldn't say leftist podcast but it's kind of you know progressive political podcast uh comedy mm -hmm. sort of thing you know they've had to apologize to their listeners before because they you know iHeartRadio just runs ads on their station and like they, they ran they're running an ad for like fox news at some point on this like <laughs> progressive <Whoa. laughs> yeah um, and, but they didn't have that's ads. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's pretty I mean, like, extreme. Um, I mean, like, I, I, I don't listen to how stuff works, but I do listen to, um, uh, behind the bastards a lot, which I do like how they, they've essentially solved that problem by just, uh, saying stuff that no advertiser wants anything to do with. Like, I didn't realize, <laughs> like, cause that was like for a while, the only iHeartRadio podcast I listened to. And I didn't realize that the ads were on other like podcasts. I didn't realize the ads were for, um, things other than just other podcasts mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah i think that the way that it works with something that big is that they like uh i guess it's kind of like youtube where the the ads kind of get random i mean they're like chosen by an algorithm or something maybe but they're not like 
put in by the hosts yeah. or the producers of the show or anything like they have no say in it and they don't even know what's going to run on it until it airs or i guess well i mean to my understanding of it, it it's actually like um like if you've, if you've ever noticed um like whenever you like play one of those uh like podcasts there's sort of a delay like when it's starting and it's because it inserts the ads at the moment that it's played i believe um that's my understanding someone who knows a bit more about tech than me told me that i don't know really if it's true but yeah you know i, I like uh teaching uh enough that I, i'll i'll be fine doing that forever and making my stuff the way that I want to make it, it would be cool if I could do it full time. But, you know, so I, the only ad I run is, and cause I do it with anchor. So I just run an anchor ad and that I think anchor is owned by Spotify. Uh, and you know, I'm also a musician, so I don't really love Spotify as a company. Wow. For, canceled. <laughs> I know. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, for obviously this is a sting. <laughs> lots of other reasons. <laughs> um, but you know, that, and so, but I still like, I like doing the ad because I, it's fun to like, see, I, I talk about, you know, in this, I'm like, talk about in the ad about how I'm making it as short as possible and on, only saying the th- things that they're making me say, and then spend the rest of the ad, either just saying like silly shit or, uh, talking about how I'm, I'm still advocating for the abolition of capitalism during this ad for Spotify. Uh, and I'm glad to take their money for it. So, you know, and they, they still run it and let me do it, but you know, maybe my podcast is small enough. They just don't give a shit. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm always like, I don't know, surprised at like, I don't know. I, I guess I probably never like push it quite that far. I do, um, try to let myself get pretty weird in, uh, uh my ads. Um, the one for my latest video, which I guess is taken down right now. Um, excuse me. I, um, I basically like I, I I talk about how like um you need Surfshark VPN if you're going to like start your like libertarian barge in international waters so you can be free from like any uh any like three letter government agencies to start a, a fledgling small business um which I believe is actually kind of close to what um Surfshark does <laughs> like I'm pretty <laughs> sure that they operate in international waters I haven't really looked it up though but um uh. I was expecting to get some notes on that. And they're like, yeah, their only note was to uh, uh, change the thing. So it says, uh, quick, uh, quick, the link in the description instead of um, go to uh, whatever the URL is for it. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, I guess it doesn't really make any difference to them as long as they're, you know, it's not like actively like defaming the company or something like that. Like, you know, if they're just mm. it's going to make more people use their product, you know, that's the bottom line with the company. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you, I was correct, right? You are in Canada. Is, is that right? Correct. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, something that, uh, came to mind for me and I have like actual, like a few questions I want to ask you, but I, while I'm thinking about it, uh, that, uh, I, uh, have this like little pet theory that, uh, all of these, um, you know, maybe it's like some, uh, whatever comfort selection bias or something like that, that I just noticed this, but you know, like, a lot of the really successful uh, YouTube personalities and like, you know, content creators and stuff, it seems like a lot of them are like from Scandinavian countries and there's a whole lot from Canada as well. Um, I mean, Pew- PewDiePie, isn't he like right, right, the right, biggest right. one and he's what, the Swedish or something like that? No, yeah. Well, I mean, like there are definitely a lot of like um, very successful American uh, YouTubers for sure. Um, I, like, I, I don't know. I'm not like that big of a YouTube fan beyond like, you know, uh, beyond PredTube and like the ecosystem that I'm in. Um, 
like I, beyond that, I, you know, I just, my, my like taste in YouTube stuff is incredibly basic, you know, like I've, I've watched like binging with Babish and then like magic card streams. And that's, mm-hmm. that's about it other than like political stuff. Um, and so, um, uh, sp- like speaking for that, I mean, like a lot of it comes from like, uh, uh, UK people, obviously, but like, um, uh, I can, I can definitely say, uh, just in terms of like the sort of ecosystem I'm in, in terms of, um, in Toronto, um, it's, uh, like, I, like most of the, like, uh, Canadian, most like, yeah, the Canadian, like YouTube people, um, are Torontonian and we all know each other and like hang out, which is a very unique thing as far as I know. Like, I don't think that a lot of other places have that, um, to the point where like, I mean, like that, I would say definitely like contributed to my success. I think a bit in like, um, Jose too, is that like we, uh, Jose and I, uh, a uh, great YouTuber. If yeah, no one knows about him, uh, Jose, he does like, um, he responds to like really bad political takes and also, uh, does these like extremely long, really thoughtful analyses of, um, uh sitcoms mm-hmm. yeah but, i love um, jose yeah he's, he's yeah, fantastic. yeah yeah <clears throat> um yeah we started at the same time but like we um uh both like started going to like the um uh, uh youtuber mexi uh thought slime and step back history we started hosting these like youtube meetups and like jose and i started going to those um just right another youtuber is uh uh from toronto is uh, uh goes there too and like we, we all like sort of hang out which is kind of a unique thing and it's like it's it's really awesome and like like the, yeah those people are like my friends who i actually hang out with um which i like i mean i i you know it's not like um uh like i did get like advice from them like very very early on but like i would say like more so came down to like just um you know it's, it's really nice like having people in your life who like actually get it and like are doing the same thing who you can like commiserate with and um you know talk about all the bullshit that we have to go through (laughs) yeah especially with something you know as uh you know i mean just working in show business i guess or you know uh, creating as a creator (laughs) in general um and you know something like youtube where it is like a very kind of specific type of creator uh and creation i guess and yeah that's that's cool it's almost like uh i don't know do you ever kind of romanticize it in your head like uh you know the writers hanging out in paris or uh (laughs) something like that. (laughs) no absolutely not oh my god uh no well i mean like oops i got sidetracked and i never actually said what my pet theory was it's probably dumb, but my theory is that people who live in places with strong social safety nets, such as Canada and many European countries, have potentially more free time and mental bandwidth, with the stress alleviated of having some of their basic needs taken care of to some degree or another, and are therefore better positioned to spend time on things like YouTube channels, podcasts, live streaming, and maybe art in general. Maybe that's why so many great comedians and artists are from Canada. I don't know, just shit Alan here. To me, like, like um... Before doing this, I was uh, doing stamp comedy. Um, I haven't really gone back to doing it since the pandemic. Um, I don't know. I do, I do want to, but I, I just, I don't know. I haven't. I write an hour a month for uh, YouTube. Um, don't totally have the energy or the time to be uh, pursuing stand-up, too. But, um, yeah, like, um, I, I sort of came to it from that. And, like, it very much, like, uh, uh, like it, it was funny, like, especially, like, first starting out, like, how much... Um, I'd hear people sort of say like, oh, like, you know, um, 
uh, left wing YouTube or whatever is so toxic. I'm like, I came here from stand up comedy, dude. You have <laughs> no idea what a real snake pit looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, that actually is that's a a more appropriate uh, analogy, probably for, uh, you know, having a the fact that, um, you know, I came from playing music for for many, many years. Um, I haven't really been performing live the past few years, but uh, I. um, Oh, why? (laughs) Oh, you know, there's (laughs) uh, you know different ideas in mind. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's been something going around. Yeah. A lot of people I know have gotten (laughs) sick lately and I just felt like it wasn't uh, wasn't safe to go out. Um, but you know, right. I, actually, um, you know, I, I, it was really before the pandemic, I just like kind of got out of it. Um, and in the past few years, like getting into, um, podcasting and, uh, starting like live stream playing music and stuff has really started to like scratch that, uh, creative itch and that sort of, you know, being center of attention, I guess, itch that I have uh, somehow built into me. And, um, but that's probably a better, you know, having like other musicians to hang out with, you know, I really, really miss that. That's probably the main thing I miss about it is like having an excuse to sort of have a, something to go out and do and like, you know, share with other people. And, um, you know, the stand-up comedy I imagine is, is similar. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really cool though, that you have like people, other people doing YouTube, because that's probably a big, problem issue that a lot of creators have is like feeling very um isolated not having other people to relate to um about what they do and um yeah well i mean i think that like that's the thing i think that it's also um i don't know you see some people and like you know i i i should probably include myself in this i feel like you know especially over the past few years like you know who hasn't become toxically way too online but like you Mm -hmm. see certain people where it's like oh you like live on twitter right now and like you know i I, I certainly i'm fairly guilty of that too but at the same time you need to have like to 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 be able to talk to people like real people and have like normal conversations um like even like i'll like um have like very minor like disagreements or whatever like with like friends of mine uh who i know online and it's weird and like sort of like it's 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 hard to deal with in a way where if if this was like us just like hanging out and talking about something this would it wouldn't be anything it would like that would be nothing whereas the fact that it's like all online uh you don't see the person face to face and you're just like typing it all out it it takes on this like more like serious tone almost, you know what I mean? Mm, and yeah. I think, I feel like, yeah, like you see certain people where it's like, you need like real life friends you can talk to about this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then especially something like uh, being really into politics and, you know, t- talking about issues where, you know, there's obviously like lots of infighting and in, on the left, uh, seems like it's just been getting a lot worse over the past you know, few years yeah it, it is different like disagreeing about like something political than you know disagreeing about like what the best kind of cheese is right like it, it there, there's consequences to those types of disagreements so like obviously it's going to become like much more heated i'm, I'm almost like the the amount that i of that i pay attention to like the personalities involved i almost like feel uh guilty about it or something like uh among all the different like political streamers and stuff like uh but at the same time it's like well you know this is 
talking about politics. So it's like, I'm not like obsessed with celebrities or whatever, you know, like this, this right, is like real stuff. Right, right, but at the right. same time, it's like, when it comes down to it, it's like, this is just whatever, like bullshit Vosh is getting canceled for or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> that kind of stuff. yeah. Like, but um, I mean, this is the kind of thing too. Like, I mean, this is kind of like a perfect example where, um, because you know, like, um, uh, uh, you know, like people like Bosch or like Consequence or whoever, like is like I, I I think I stay pretty clear of like the drama side of that type of thing in general. But like those people are also like much bigger than me. But um, uh, like it, it, it is like sort of a, a, a weird thing where I guess now that I'm a bit more through the looking glass in terms of like this is my job, this is I am a known person, I guess in that space. Um, where. It, it it is weird sort of seeing like the personal and political um intertwine in that way where um you know like uh I, I think that there are there's a lot of times when there'll be some type of scandal or someone being canceled for something where it's like yeah, that person is a dick. Like, that's someone who I wouldn't want to hang out with at a party. It doesn't mean that they're a fascist or that they're, <laughs> you know, you need to burn their house down or whatever. Like, this is this is someone who I would avoid at a bar. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And there's, I think, uh, I, I guess with, um, there's, you know, certain issues where it's, I know that, like, I have, come to i think that he's definitely uh lost the plot in a lot of ways but like somebody like joe rogan you know it's like i i have been known to like sort of i don't want to say even like defend him but just like talk about his try to put things into perspective with like when people got upset about like bernie sanders going on his show you know like right i, right, I, I right. find joe personally i find joe rogan's personality just very he seems like a actually pretty nice person generally to me I, mean, I think that's a big part of the appeal is he, he is a very likable person i think for me I, I i was kind of in that same camp um i don't know i watched one of his uh episodes where he had um uh what's her name abigail schreier on she wrote a book called irreversible damage she's like a very big like ma- very big turf and like big figure mm. in that and like the book the irreversible damage is about like um uh like uh uh, trans people who detransition and um it's it, it's horrible it's total bullshit and like just listening to that in- interview where it's like like joe rogan like very very like going out of his way to like explicit like saying like explicitly transphobic shit like very explicitly misgendering people at like in every like instance like i don't know at that that point i was kind of like yeah it doesn't matter how much of like a cool, nice guy you seem like you would be to like have a beer with. I can't look past that. Yeah. A, a lot of the, I, I'm not aware of that specific thing. Um, I know the, for a long time, it seemed like the only thing I ever heard him talk about. And also like, I, I was an early adopter, I think of, of podcasts. And so he was like one of the main people out there, you know, to listen to. And I, and it was, mm. you know, I think he did a lot of cool things with like. I mean, know, just- dude, I'm a stamp comedian. Like, of like the early podcasts were like, like I, I very much remember when it was like uh, uh, Mark Marin and Joe Rogan were like the two podcasts that like at least everyone I knew knew. Yeah, uh, and and I uh, I don't know. I just feel like he. Um, there was a, there was a while there where it seemed like he was uh, that on the trans stuff. He was always he's saying a lot of like real yikesy shit. And, but then at the end of the day, it just kind of seemed like, oh, he's just seems, he's kind of ignorant about it. And 
Um, he, the main, the only thing I've ever really heard him say that about it, like in, in detail, that I think is just straight up wrong is when he talks about like the athletics stuff. But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't really know about that stuff. So, you know, I, I guess it seemed to me like that's like an area we, I could disagree with a person on and not think of them as a terrible person, but then, you know, um, but then the thing that you mentioned, and then I've heard of some other things that kind of, he, he seems like a nice person, but I think his sense of humor, I don't really like jive with. And I think that a lot of his views are like really short-sighted and stuff. I'll, I'll say, uh, I, Ben Burgess, uh, if you, do you know Ben Burgess? Uh, yeah, of um, course. Of course. I haven't seen, I've seen some of the, the yikesy clips from it. Um, I haven't watched the whole, like, or listened to like the whole, uh, interview yet. Oh, the thing that he, yeah. Uh, ben the is, stuff and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ben, uh, was one of the first people who came on my podcast and he's been really, really nice and like generous with his time and everything to me. He's both, you know, we're both uh, from, well, he's not from Atlanta, but you know, he teaches in Atlanta and he's been very cool to me. And I like the guy a lot. He's a super nice guy. And uh, he, and I like a lot of the you know work that he's done and that he does. Um, but yeah, the fact that he went on Joe Rogan was like, Fucking crazy. I, I was like so surprised that when he like posted that picture of them. And uh I and then I finally I I listened to the whole episode like today. I had a long drive, you know, and there was some stuff on there that was just like it was so frustrating to me because it's like I know you are just holding back right now because you are you got invited on Joe Rogan and you're like right. you don't want to burn this bridge or whatever. Like I I know there was some stuff that was like he I'm he probably, if he could go back, would try to push back a little more or something. But I don't know. Not, not to like jump to. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like so. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I also haven't read this. Uh, my my, uh, my roommate. I don't know if you know uh, Chill Goblin. Uh, he uh, he co-writes uh, my videos and um, has his own really good YouTube channel. But um, we're roommates now. We have a hype house going. Um, but uh, uh, so he was telling me about how like he read um uh, uh Ben Ben's book um canceling comedians while the world burns and one of the things he sort of pointed out to me was that like and again i haven't read this book and i'm just sort of going off this like secondhand there's a part where it's him like saying that like obviously joe or, uh, sorry not joe rogan uh, uh dave Chappelle isn't actually transphobic and it's like you watched have you watched the, i've seen the closer i've seen like his specials he seems definitely transphobic. Like I, I, I think like it's certainly not obvious that he's not transphobic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I uh, actually he um the book he, the book did come out before the closer. I know because when the closer came out, I had been oh. on the show. And okay, uh, I, I, I mean that that I could see it a bit more with his other stuff. With the closer, I don't think that there's really much of an argument to be had. Yeah. And actually when it came out, I had been on and talked to him about it. And, um, he was, uh, I, I, you know, I just kind of disagreed with him on some aspects of it, but it seemed like, you know, he was, he acknowledged the, a lot of the, the yikesy shit about it, but was also his kind of main point though, with, um, I think for, I think that a lot of what, uh, James Chappelle said in that special was definitely transphobic and just, mostly though just seemed to be super ignorant about it and to me and yeah. also just i didn't think it was that funny the special is like super uh, 
you know, oh, preachy and head I mean, I can, I can go in on this. <laughs> I can go, I can talk for a while about the closer. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was funny, which I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with, except that like the people who will say that like Joe Rogan is like, a, or sorry, fuck, I keep messing them up. Dave Chappelle is like this genius for say, for like making these like specials that like aren't even that funny, but are just really like powerful and personal. These are the same people who will like, go after like Hannah Gatsby, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. no, like, like I think it's cool anytime like someone like advances the art form a little bit, but it's also like, yeah, it's objectively, it's not that funny of a special. <laughs> Yeah, I, the, the, far from his best. I think it's just got this head up his ass kind of quality to it. That's just, uh, I, I think all of his newer stuff is not quite as funny as any of his older stuff because he's so, I think his just ego is, has gotten too big. And, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, maybe, uh, I could run this point by you that, and I, you know, I had a, uh, I, I disagree with Ben's take on it a lot, I think, but like he, his main point though, which I do agree with was that like, you know, this special being a thing is probably a net positive just because the people who are still super into Dave Chappelle and uh, would like basically like his his arc is going from a seems to be going from a super transphobic place to a less transphobic place. And the fact that he is moving in that direction is probably can probably only be a good thing for his probably very, you know, largely uh, transphobic audience that, you know, uh, they're more likely to be sort of like brought in a better direction by that than by like, you know, being uh, lectured by uh, progressives and leftists or whatever. But, you know, I don't, it's maybe not ideal, but yeah. I kind of see where he was coming from with that. I, I do get that. I mean, like something I will say, I think that with like a lot of like the Dave Chappelle stuff and like, uh, and sorry, like, yeah, like I'm not sure if that if he was saying that like in the context of like the clothes writing come out and everything too. But like, um, I think that um, I would be much more sympathetic towards that if this was, if, if his specials were, not as ignorant as they are like i don't think that they come from a place of like cruelty or hatred so much but it like it would be the equivalent of like you know like um uh, a, a, a white comedian like coming to terms with and stopping being racist but still saying you know like talking about black on black crime or like uh fbi like crime statistics and stuff right and it's like like you know like i i would not even like uh, yeah like think that like it i i would be much more on board with that if he wasn't saying things that are like completely ignorant. Like, like in the, in the closer, like there's like parts where he's like saying how, like, um, you know, like I, I respect like, you know, like gay people from like Stonewall and stuff. And it's like, those were trans people or like him, like saying that like trans people were like invented like 10 years ago or whatever. It's like, like that, that's my problem with it is that like, there are plenty of people who are probably like learning about a lot of these things for the first time. There's probably like a lot of people who heard about the word turf from Dave Chappelle Mm -hmm. and the, like the, the, I think that there should be like, you know, like he should have a bit of a responsibility to be accurate about those or like not say things that are just factually incorrect. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And I think that, uh, I, I, it's, it's hard for me to say because, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trans and I, I, uh, as somebody who really was not, didn't know much about it until it started becoming part of the like discourse more over the past few years. Um, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. 
Uh, you know, I, uh, as, as far as like being talked about, like more kind of openly, you know, over the past few years. And like before that, I had only known like a couple of trans people and didn't really think about, you know, I mean, it's so obvious that they would like, you know, face specific issues. You know, I guess I was pretty ignorant about it. Um, but I think there's an element of that to like some people like, you know, Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle, like being ignorant about it. And, but the, the big problem is that they're like, no, I'm not, it's like the whole, you know, I'm not racist. I don't, I don't hate trans people. I'm not hateful toward them. So yeah. uh, therefore it's not a problem that, you know, and, and I'm not, they're not like willing to that I, attitude of having nothing new to learn about something. It's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, I would have much less of a problem with them. I think if, I, if they demonstrated a willingness to, Warren instead becoming incredibly defensive anytime trans people became understandably very upset with them. And like, granted, no, like, it, I don't think many people are good at dealing with a mob of internet people getting mad at you while a different mob of internet people defends you and like taking like a measured stance and like learning from the ones who are mad at you. I feel like that's like a pretty understandable thing, but at the same time, it, it doesn't mean that they aren't doing harm. Yeah, no, I'm, and uh, I, there's maybe like more constructive ways to uh, point out that they're doing harm and try to educate them um, as opposed to uh, getting getting angry about it. But at the same time, you know, I'm I can totally understand why trans people get angry about it also, and why mm. you know, and it is like I just don't I don't really get the the impulse to get so defensive. Um, but I guess you have a good point that it's like, you know, I think with any anybody, uh, it's important to kind of try and see, well, how or why are they in this headspace, you know, but like, you know, I, I wouldn't, if I said something, I know I've said stuff on like Twitter or whatever that was like, kind of uh, sexist or, you know, something that like, I didn't think of that way. And people have like called me on it. And I've, yeah, never, yeah. I've never been worried about like getting canceled or something like that. Because like, I feel like whenever people call me on it or point out something to me, I, I say this kind of insensitive or whatever. I just like talk to them about it and go like, yeah, no, I see what you said there. That was, I don't, I don't know. I don't get fucking bent out of shape about it the way that a lot of people seem to. No, I mean, I, I think that, yeah, like I, I, I it's not, I don't want to make like too much of an excuse here that like y you should be, I feel like being like um, uh, uh, mature and like, I don't know, uh, kind of good person, I guess, is like being able to like have people like point out mistakes that you make and sort of learn from it instead of just like becoming super defensive. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like in principle, super sympathetic or like understand this whole, some of uh, some of the stuff that uh, Ben Burgess and Dave Schiffer and uh, now I'm doing it that Joe Rogan were talking <laughs> about in their interview Joe Rogan and a lot of people like him and people who talk about these issues and uh, are super worried about cancel culture and all this shit. Like they, um, you know, they kind of go back to this. Well, it's like, we have to be able to talk about this stuff to like, this is how people learn about things. And it's like, I completely agree with that in, in principle, but it's like, they're not like putting the same standards to themselves. It seems like of like, you know, or like uh, learn from it from like a trans person. Yeah. Yeah. Have a trans person on to like work, like have those conversations with instead of just like someone who's like a cel celebrated for hating trans people. 
like, yeah, we need to have these conversations. This is how people learn. This is how like progress gets made is, um, you know, uh, a, a, a gullible dupe and um, a, a virulent uh, bigot. Uh, just hashing out their ideas, real meeting of the minds there, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly the problem is that it's like, they see that as being like this debate and, but it's like, yeah, no, no, he literally, I mean, I bet you could, if I, you know, you could guess what he said when this was like, uh, when that point was kind of brought up to him during this episode, he said something like about, yeah, no, I met Blair White. I talked to her. It's like, yeah, that's, uh, the opposite. Oh, of, yeah. Um, <laughs> not really what, yeah, yeah. what we mean by that um mm-hmm. but uh not to get i didn't mean to get it for us to get uh, a, a field with that um and uh i just you know i have uh I, I have some some trouble talking about it because i am like uh I, i'm, I'm kind of sensitive to the idea of like we I, I feel like we should be trying to uh people who are ignorant about things and people who even if they are being harmful we should be like you know, trying to educate them and talk to them about these things, uh, and, and not, uh, going to a place of, of anger. So, so quickly, you know, not because like, I think it's like, oh, the Twitter mob cancel culture thing is like so bad. It's just that like, I, I, I want to bring more people over to, uh, the, you know, progressive views. And I, to me, I don't know. I think that's, uh, one of the things we should be should consider is like how well what's the way that we're going to get people move the needle more even if our ang- anger is an outrage is like righteous um, and justified like well what's going to be the most constructive way to channel it no I, I agree with that and, and yeah like I think that there certainly are um, people who do a bit be- uh, don't, don't do a great job of that but also at the same time like you know, um, if someone's like attacking your right to exist, it's not your job in that instance to um, then like try and like sugarcoat it for them to like bring it over, like bring them over to your side of the movement. It's your like, you know, that, that, that's not that's not necessarily like what needs to happen there. Um, I do think that like, you know, I, I, I was, you know, uh, I, uh, happy when like Bernie went on uh, Joe Rogan. I, I was hopeful when Ben Burgess did I, like again I haven't seen all the interview um I think it's a good thing to do in general although I'm not like just from what I've seen I don't really know if Ben Burgess did a great job of that or not but like also I haven't listened to the interview at all yet so or, like just beyond like some Twitter clips but yeah mm-hmm. I, um I, I, yeah in general I am a believer and like you should try and do that but um I don't know I will also say though I feel like so often um I feel like so much of the discussion gets like framed around like we need to um, convert like Nazis or like maybe not not Nazis, but like people like on the far right or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sure, you know, like I think that that is good. Like there being one fewer conservative and one more leftist in the world is a win win. Right. Um, but at the same time, like it's very weird how much like I um, I mean, maybe this is like, you know, this is sort of my bias in terms of like this is the niche that I've sort of fallen into. But like. Like I, I made my uh, my content like sort of thing about it is like I'm preaching to basically who I was before I was converted, which is like um, left like like further like far further on the left side of liberal, right? And like that that's who I make all my videos for, and I think that like there are so many people who do such good stuff that is very much like um 
uh, aimed at like radicalizing liberals. And I mean, like I've only heard this like once, like is this, and so this is obviously like anecdotal. I don't really claim to like have like this massive impact, but I have like heard from someone who like basically said that like my channel sort of pushed them from being a liberal to a communist, which like awesome, like that. That I love to hear that. Um, like uh, they're they're um uh for one thing, I feel like it's also like it's 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 almost always like um uh women. They're like there are all these like YouTube channels that do such awesome shit in terms of like um i don't know okay i, I I'm, I'm this is maybe my like cancelable moment i hope this isn't like th- i feel like there's probably like a bit of sexism in, in me not like realizing this was a thing already but like um a thing i've sort of started to notice more recently is like the rise of like a uh maybe not the rise of but like i've, I've more noticed this type of person which is um basic girls who are communists and it's fucking awesome like you know you know what i mean like i i went on i went on a date with this girl like we went back to her place and she like she had like Karl marx on her bookshelf next to the twilight series like that that fucking owns so fucking hard yeah. <laughs> i think that's a good sign for sure yeah you know, like, you know, those like, um, uh, what, what, what do you call them? They're like, um, uh, they're, so, they're like a step up from like live, laugh, love. They're like very like, um, like 2010s hipster. Those like, um, uh, signs that you can like add like all of like the like letters and stuff. And they're like sort of just like, they look very like photographical photographical um do you know what i mean they have like the like sort of white letters that you like like it's just like um uh yeah i think i can picture what you're talking about they're like yeah. the size of like yeah like there's like the size of like an ipad or something they just like you know you like have like a standby like i'll see like pictures mm-hmm. of like like uh like girls like posting like those with like you know fairy lights in like the background and like it says like a cab on it like that this (laughs) fucking this is the coolest shit imaginable and like um like i feel like that's like fucking dope like there, there, there are people like um um jordan teresa is fucking great for this um tiffany ferg is a really great youtube channel where she does like 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 on i'm I'm a bit hit or miss on her videos because some of them are just like i find really boring they're just like why are influencers moving away from uh la and towards new york uh but then she'll just like randomly drop in just like also uh like fuck capitalism like just be like just like not like it's not the point of the video it's just like very just explicitly a thing about her or um a friend of mine uh also toronto youtuber uh broy de chanel does fucking amazing show it's like her stuff is like um film criticism um it's kind of like like if uh for anyone familiar with my channel where like i talk about like sort of sociological analysis through um talking about like reality shows she does that with like film criticism of like actually good movies and then actually reads like deep books and stuff like um she did a video about like sex in the city where she's talking about like francis fukuyama uh she did a thing about like a uh, licorice pizza where she's like uh going into like walter benny mean like i i fucking love that shit and like it's I, like i don't know i i i feel like you know i i am a believer and like we should be should be working on all fronts all times but like um yeah i i, I wish the people who actually were like working on um uh bringing over um uh liberals and also like people who are like parts of marginalized groups you know be they like uh women or like black people or uh indigenous people or like whoever uh over into like our side because like i feel like that that should be i think a bit more important than just like i feel like everyone's sort of stuck in like um the sort of like cutie pipeline like uh 2017 era of like that's who we need to convert 
Yeah, it, I, I guess there's more of a. Uh, um, uh, I, it it's it seems like uh, that there's been a lot of um, people who a lot of visible people or people who have like publicly talked about you know being going down this like you know bad like radical being radicalized in the other direction and finding contrapoints or whatever and you know mm. there was like a new york times story about like one of those people I mean, a few uh, a while back now i guess but um and and yeah i mean i uh i totally am with you on that like that uh it's getting converting like nazi well you know just far-right people <laughs> yeah get, sorry that's a bit low of a term <laughs> i don't want to necessarily like like i yeah i don't yeah, want to yeah, say no. nazi um, also, sorry. One, what, like, one another point that uh, is like, I, mean, I, I kind of, I posted this on Twitter. I feel like I, it kind of got lost. Uh, people were liking it for different reasons, and not. I don't think maybe the point I was trying to get like sort of got across. But, like, for all the people who like talk so much about like wanting to like de-radicalize the far right, um, I think that like the current trend uh, for who is like the new far right is not uh, any more like. Um, uh, Nazis aren't going after as much like, um, you know, gamers on 4chan anymore. They're going after uh, parents in like yoga Facebook groups <laughs> and like they're going after boomers now. And for all the talk of like people who like say like this is the number one priority, I have never seen any one of them say let's prioritize like de-radicalizing boomers um and like when i made that post like i saw all these people essentially saying like well yeah you can't do that like it's, it can't be done it's like i don't know this sounds a this sounds a bit like uh it's not my job to educate you if i'm being <laughs> honest and like uh like i don't know it feels very self-serving that it's like because obviously like you know like um uh not to like open up like fucking like debate bro whatever discourse but like those people like i like i certainly would not show like a twitch debate to uh my uncle who's trying to get into QAnon, right um but and, and like the idea that like oh well like like of course you can't reach them and that's fine no one's saying that you have to but like if you're saying that like the goal should be to de-radicalize the far right that's where the far right is now and i'm not seeing you put any effort into that yeah yeah i mean i i see a lot of um you know I th there's just so many people whose attitude is uh that like they have the belief in place that racism is bad and that like even stuff like homophobia is bad and they um but they have a very very warped idea of what it means to it's the whole thing of like you know well it's not actually racist unless the person right, right, right. wearing a clan hood and burning a cross and you know saying the n-word and like you know that has to be like very and even then he has to really believe that like you know it could it could just be you know <laughs> it's, it was just a joke so it's fine or yeah whatever. exactly yeah. um yeah no i mean and uh and I, I guess maybe I have just a little bit of, cause my, my, uh, dad is a very, uh, I'm here visiting my parents right now. Um, and, uh, my, my dad is a, um, has always, you know, he always taught me to, that racism is like the worst thing you can do. And I had to cut this down because I ramble about my dad's politics for way too long here. But all I was trying to say was that I have been able to make a respectable amount of progress bringing my conservative dad leftward. And it makes me believe that even many people we think of as being unreachable 
what could be appealed to from the left. It's just that you get your news from shitty places and you should be able to look back on things that you believed in the past and realize like that's what progress looks like, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I feel like, uh, I don't know, being able to approach people with like getting down to um, seeing the humanity and like where they're coming from. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there who are not, uh, who are, have all these have ideas that um are harmful and uh play you know feed into a racist system or you know a patriarchy or a uh, homophobic transphobic system they just have are operating off of bad information mostly um yeah totally so yeah but yeah i know I, and uh making it our priority to um uh educate certain types of people i don't know i guess we just have to take it on a case-by-case -case basis unfortunately i guess yeah I, I mean i don't have any like yeah solid answers here i'm just trying to yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no sorry i mean i know I'm, I'm kind of like rambling so i'll um but i uh i know we've been going almost an hour so let me like ask you a few more pointed things if you can stick sure. around for a little longer yeah of course um, uh, so, you, you know, you mentioned uh, where you were at before you were like radicalized or whatever. Did you have like a radicalizing moment? So, I mean, I was born and raised in Toronto. Um, I still live here. Um, and, you know, I like had like um, my dad was is definitely like liberal, like, you know, so like I'm Canadian. And so like in Canada, the Everton window is a bit further to the uh, uh, to the left here. Um, I would say that like, like. Um, uh, there's like a party here, uh, a political party called like the NDP or New Democratic Party, which is, I would say, basically in line with like Bernie and like the squad or whatever, um, would like, like that would not be like radical here. That would just be, yeah, that's, that's the party that always runs on trying to give people dental, you know? Um, and, um, so like, yeah, like my, my, my dad was like, uh, much more into like the liberal party, which is sort of like you know like hillary clinton type like joe biden type thing uh where and then my mom was much more on like in terms of like ndp uh neither of them are like leftists i would say but like my mom definitely has like much better politics um and that was sort of like what i grew up with i was never like super interested or like aware of politics until like um you know around like university um and like you know like i was like very much like I like would generally like I think even like when I like first started my channel, I kind of described myself as like about as far left as you can be as a liberal. Um, and um, I, I don't know, to me, I feel like I, I, I've never I can't really relate to people who like had like sort of a, like a singular radicalizing moment. To me, uh, it was more a matter of like you sort of realize like, OK, you know, like capitalism is bad with this type of thing. You know, it's bad for like inelastic demand, something like, you know, like healthcare, Right. Uh, people can't choose not to buy like healthcare, And so there's no incentive for um, uh, like competition or whatever, like it, 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 bad outcomes will happen with that. Um, and, you know, like you sort of see like more and more instances of that. And so for me, it was it was less so like here's this one specific radicalizing moment and more a uh, gradual process of, oh, like capitalism is bad about this and also this and this and this until there's like sort of more, there's more holes than there is like substance, you know? And at that point you're like, oh, I guess, I guess it just is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'd say uh, similar with me. I, I got in really into uh, politics, mostly through like punk music at a young age. And then, right, right, uh, right. 
you know, over time, like just analyzing capitalism specifically that, that that's not really something that comes up in music a lot. It's more about like anti-war and stuff. Um, right. Were you, would you say like sociology? Was that your major in college? Uh, so yeah, I went to a uh, university of Toronto where like they, the, the way they do it there is, um, uh, it's kind of brutal. They, uh, so you have to either do a specialist, um, which is like, everything is all in like one subject, uh, and you get like next to no electives, uh, or you do, or like in general, you get next to no electives. It's either a specialist, a double major or a major in two minors. Um, so I did a double major in English and sociology. Um, sociology is mostly what I sort of use to write my videos though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, that's I, one of the things that you, um, you talk like an English major. Uh, I was, I majored in English. <laughs> and, uh, I, um, I, I, um, a lot of the lingo that you use and stuff, I guess there's a whole lot of overlap with, uh, sociology though, in terms of like, yeah, you have a, a seem to have a pretty good, not like extensive knowledge, way more than I do of like, uh, critical theory. And, um, I mean, that's where the overlap kind of is, right? yeah yeah like that's what like i got i kind of got really into like uh critical theory like i took a class and i think it was like third year where um uh like one of the like in sociology there's sort of like um three big most influential thinkers uh which are emile durkheim um karl marx and um max weber and um I read uh, this like book, uh, it's called The Political Unconscious. I talked about it in one of my videos, but like um, uh, the intro quote was uh, from Durkheim. And I was like, holy shit, like this is this is the two things coming together. Um, And so that's where I got really into like the sort of critical theory aspect of it. Um, In general, I'd say that like from sociology, what what sociology really teaches you is at least to me, what it taught me was like how to be really good at research, like for all my papers and every like assignment it was like okay i'm just gonna go to the library and bury myself in like like 20 books that i'm going to like find the relevant sections from and that's sort of what i do with my paper with my with my video essays and then um english is more like teaches you how to write i guess or like talk in very specific way (laughs) yeah well and i mean you know you're uh your videos are like uh, very in depth, and uh, you, uh, with a lot of the topics, are you mentioned reality TV? I'm I'm curious, like, uh, what with with reality TV? Is it more like you kind of? I know you. Is it like a guilty pleasure? I mean, some people hate that term, but you know, something that you like. You know, you you refer to it as like trash TV, and um, I, I think that's something like that. What you call it in your videos, and like, yeah. Uh, is it kind of just something that you like to watch anyway, or is it like, and, and so you wind up coming with, up with ideas for it, or I don't know, do you find that like reality TV has a specifically uh, I don't know, good lens for analyzing social behavior and politics through? So, um, I mean, it's kind of just came because of like my roommate, um, like, uh, we were just hanging out one night and she was like, yo, the, the first like time I kind of did a video about it was, um, about, um, a uh, 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 down to earth, the Zac Efron show, I believe. And that was just because like my roommate and I watched it one night and we were like drunk and stone. We're just like having a fun time uh, watching it. Like to me, the appeal of reality TV is that I think this is true of like any bad media is that it's not fun in and of itself to um, 
it's, it's, it's never fun to watch alone or to experience like any, any type of like uh, bad media is never fun on its own. It's very fun as a social activity though. Like, um, uh, like bad movies, bad, like, uh, reality shows are great for this, but like, it's, it's something that you watch with your friends and the fun of it isn't come, doesn't come from actually experiencing the show. It comes from you and your friends joking around mm-hmm. and that sort of, um, what I think I'm like, do a good job of sort of like hoping to capture is like me sort of like summarizing like oh my god this was crazy bullshit and like that that's that's the sort of idea behind it um the other thing with reality tv shows though is just that um um and i guess now um arguably that's not the case um with the like recent like uh copyright uh, uh strike i got with uh, my latest video being taken down everything um but um they're very easy to edit um partially in a way to like get rid of a uh, copy to like avoid copyright claims uh but also like you can kind of make them say whatever you want because like, that's already what they did. Right. Like the, the reality show is not an accurate depiction of what actually happened. And sometimes it's very clear that like, Oh, they completely changed the context of what actually happened here to make it seem like something else. Um, and I do that too. <laughs> like it, it's very easy to tell a story because I can just be like, here's a clip of them saying this, here's a clip of them saying that. I don't think I ever like really like, seriously alter uh like the content of the show or like make it seem like something happened that fully didn't but it's it's a, it's a bit easier to sort of like massage it into the sort of funny way of like things happening which i'll admit i'm fully guilty of doing because to me what i think is more important is not an accurate sum- summary of the reality show so much as it's um the ideas that I sort of jump off of it from like um, uh, the other side of this is just that, like, I kind of realized um, with all my videos, um, like if I talk about like a Jordan, like Jordan Peterson or whoever, like, you know, like some like classic left tube topic, I'm not really talking about them. I'm always going to jump off to like talk about something else. And so might as well make it something like make the thing that I jump off of, like jump off from something that I can, make really funny and it's very easy to make uh summarizing a bad reality show really funny uh yeah well i mean i you're you're very good at it uh, you have like, <laughs> thank you i think i mentioned in uh one of the messages i sent you like good good job on like you know uh a topic that i have like no knowledge of and didn't think i had any interest <laughs> in making it like uh entertaining and uh and informative you know a lot of the time and uh no i think that uh you are uh you you actually have um this is like a couple of videos ago maybe that um you 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 summarized uh some critical theory stuff uh like a lot better than what was that it was like you were sorry i didn't wasn't thinking of this ahead of time but uh um. was the video before this most recent one that you put out. oh yeah the, the one about like the the art piece right um yes 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 yeah 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 yeah. i'm really proud of that one um <laughs> i mean that that was that's one where i sort of stepped out of like my normal sociology shit and i went on to uh my basically using my english degree but yeah that was i i, I talked to a friend of mine about it who said that like they really liked it because it was stuff that they would never have been interested in looking into on their own, but we're like, Oh, cool. Yeah. This is, this is what that is. Yeah. And I think, uh, I, you know, I, I was an English major. I teach uh, English in high school now, hmm. but, uh, I, I was, uh, I definitely missed, um, just with whatever, you know, the classes I took and the professors I liked and stuff like uh, a lot of the, um, actual like theory elements of it, um, were, 
uh, I didn't really get uh, as much exposure to. So I really like watching like uh, your stuff when you talk about that stuff. Cause it's like, I have a little bit of a foundation in it, but I think I just, right. I studied a lot more um, like uh, 19th century uh, poetry and stuff like that, 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 that filter doesn't get applied to quite as much. Oh, I ne- Yeah. I never read uh, any of that stuff. I like my, my, like my, the specific stuff I focused on uh, that, like, um, I was really into was like the the transition from modernism to postmodernism. Mm. Yeah, which that is like you know yeah. theories <laughs> bread and butter, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I like having those uh, gaps kind of filled in, and you and all, Big Joel is also another one who's really good at. Uh, talking I mean, about Big Joel. I feel like we do different stuff, and like this is not like me like to say on Big. I don't. I don't really think of it as, as much of like a research guy or like a theory guy. Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, like I, I've done a vi- uh, my, my video. I'm not sure if you've seen the one about like uh, the Zac Efron one. That is yes. very much me trying to be Big Joel, and <laughs> I, I'm I'm very shameless about this. I I'm a big believer in you should try and you get way better by trying to copy people that you like. Um, like uh, I've done like videos where it's like this is very obviously me trying to be contrapoints. I've done videos where it's like this is very obviously me trying to be philosophy tube. I've done that video where I feel like it's it's very clear that that's like me trying to rip off Big Joel. And the thing that you kind of learn when you do that is like you're not going to be as good as them about it, and you kind of realize oh this is why they're so good at it. This is the thing that they can do that they're so good at doing, and you kind of realize like okay. I don't have that strength, at, like nowhere near as much as they do, at least. I can kind of learn from trying to do that and figure out my own thing with that. But like you you sort of figure you learn your own strengths by doing by trying and failing to mimic someone else's, I think. Um, but like, yeah, Big Joel is like I think he's he's just one of the best essayists, you know, like he just the the, the way that he is like the, how good he is at close reading and just um just constructing an essay are like so impressive. Yeah. He's, uh, I guess I, I see a lot of the English majory. I don't know if he was an English major oh, in college or whatever, but yeah, um, yeah, I see a lot of that in him. Uh, maybe because that's, I, you know, you talked about uh, getting really good at research. Like maybe I'm just lazy, I guess. Cause I just like, I leaned a whole lot into close reading as uh, an English major because it's like a lot less uh, outside work to do a lot of the time. And yeah, um, <laughs> I, um, I never, yeah, I never did that just cause it was like, Oh yeah, no, like it's a lot easier to like find someone else's ideas and then fit them into this than just to like come up with my own. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess <laughs> That's, uh, That's part of why I got into critical theory too. I can just be like, "Oh yeah, no." Uh, as Zizek says, <laughs> "Yeah, I guess it, uh, it depends on um, what what comes naturally to you. You know, like if you can like lean into your your mm. strengths, um, and you know, um, you know, just depending on." I don't know. That's like good advice to give anybody really, no matter what you're doing, to try and lean into yeah. your strengths, you know, uh, maybe not lean on them, but uh, all the time, but uh, you know, have to grow and everything. But um, yeah, realize uh, what you're good at though. And like use that as a tool. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't like try and grow and get better at other stuff too. But like, yeah, like realize like, Oh yeah. If I, if I can do this thing really well, use that thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I feel like sometimes people, uh, don't, or I, I've been, you know, guilty of this, I think, like, not realizing that, oh, wait, that's an idea I have. Like, um, I start, I did a, uh, a video on that was just a close reading of a, and you're from Canada, you know, the band Propagandi. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I did a, a close, basically just like a uh, breakdown, like a, a, like a 
you know, you would do like a poetry uh, explication yeah, or something yeah. of one of their songs. And it was like so easy to do. And I, I got so much like good feedback on that one and everything. And it was like, I was able to just get this 30 minute video out of this one song and I'm a musician. So I was able to do a, a cover of it and avoid the uh, copyright thing with that. Um, and uh, by, you know, playing it in different keys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that, and I, I feel like, um, I, I don't know, maybe you can relate to this. So like, had the the sensational I was like god I just have some an idea stuck in my head for a long time and then realize like oh yeah that's like what writers do they get the ideas yeah. in their heads <laughs> and they put them down on paper and yeah uh, yeah um <laughs> I mean um I actually like um I, I've never been that into propaganda I'm very into um uh the weaker bands which is um mm. uh John K Sampson was in, in propaganda and then it's his like break off band um we actually uh so like um i have a twitch channel where um i i actually was able to uh i brought on my old english uh professor um uh the other night uh and like talked got to talk to him about that uh stuff but he also um we actually had like a class where we uh analyzed like john k samson like uh published a book that's like all the um lyrics from the weaker vans and we had like a class where we like analyzed that and john k samson also came into the class to like uh give a talk oh that's awesome Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's, I was introduced. I didn't realize, uh, until, you know, uh, way later after this, that, that weaker thans was, uh, the old bass player from propaganda. But, um, I, uh, um, that I was introduced to them actually as, you know, Greg Graffin, the singer for bad religion, um, has put out a couple of like folk albums, like acoustic kind of albums. Yeah. Um, um, I and, should, uh, I should just say real quick that like, uh, like you were saying that like you sort of got into like leftist politics through punk music. I got into punk music through leftist politics. So like, oh, okay. I don't have anywhere near uh, the like knowledge that you probably do. Well, uh, the, um, uh, that the weaker thans is like his, I don't know if it's on all the albums. I think he's done like three of these folk albums, but, uh, the weaker thans did the, the muse, like the backing music on, uh, the singer from bad religions, um, like solo albums. Um, awesome. and yeah. they are, uh, yeah, they're, they're an awesome, I love that style of like, uh, what, what would you call them? Like alt country kind of. Yeah. Um, I mean, the way I kind of got into them was like, I knew about them, like from like that, that, uh, interview, like the, the, that lecture. And I was like, whoa, that's a, like really cool lecture. I never really got into them until, um, I was working in this, um, uh, burrito like place <laughs> when I was like, after I graduated uh, from university, um, and this guy, uh, like who had like left and then came back uh because he's like moved to um uh winnipeg to like be with his like uh, uh girlfriend and then they like had this horrible breakup and he came back and was like super depressed and everything and he would play uh reconstruction site the weaker than's album constantly hmm. as his like breakup album <laughs> and like i kind of got into it from there but then i was like you know like this is like oh it's like the album that scott really likes and then I, uh, me and like my like, um, uh, uh, girlfriend who I'd like been with since like, um, uh, like all through university, like, like she and I broke up and then Scott sort of passed that album on to me. It's sort of, it's sort of the, the sisterhood of traveling pants for like sad white guys. <laughs> I, uh, would, do you like, um, you know, that's something I, I try to, to talk about, I guess like a niche cause I love political music so much um that I, I i try to you know talk to my guests about like hmm. you know political art in general um are you into like any type of specific type of like political art political music anything like that um that uh speaks to you in any way yeah i mean uh for sure i i, I do generally like um political stuff i feel like i don't know there's there's a line to like when it can be like a bit cheesy um and i'm like uh um 
uh, have like mixed feelings, but like idols, I think is probably a pretty good example of that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you into band idols? Uh, I've, I've heard them, but yeah, I'm not like really super familiar with like what their I, lyrics are like. They, they have uh, their um, second album uh, is called Joy is an Act of Resistance. Uh, I love that one. The first album is called Brutalism. It's very good. Uh, the third album is um, it's called Ultramano. It's a uh, it's it's a very cool album. It's produced by the same guy who like produced like Run the Jewels or uh, yeah, but um, he uh, I was a big fan of Run the Jewels. But like um, uh, some of it is like some of their lines are so unbelievably on the nose that it's like <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah like like it's like a catchy song but it's like um it's about like like not like cat calling women and like the chorus is just the guy shouting consent 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 over and over again it's like oh man (laughs) (laughs) yeah that um that's what i think a lot of people get turned off to political music because of the it can be on the nose or you know it's cringe in that way i guess um and uh, mm-hmm. uh, preachy is the word a lot of people throw around with political music. And yeah, it can be yeah. a fine line. Yeah, it can be, and uh, sometimes it can be done, like when it's done well, I love it. Um, like, so, like I said, I really like Run the Jewels. Um, when, are, are you like a, a Run the Jewels fan at all? Or? I, I like Run the Jewels, but I should, I, I, I don't have a huge like knowledge of their catalog. Right. I like, I mean, one thing that, I mean, maybe this, this won't be that like relatable for you, but like, I feel like it's been very funny seeing how like, as they progressed, Killer Mike has, um, uh, like one of the, one of the members, Killer Mike has become like much, much, much more political, um, where like his lyrics are about like, um, um, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, like talking about like racism and like politics and like, you know, like, like, like he is, I would say probably like, they're probably like the most radical music that is like in the mainstream where it's like talking mm. about like killing cops and stuff and like saying like, um, I got one round left, a hundred cops outside. I could shoot at them or put one between my eyes. It don't matter. Uh, choose the latter. It don't matter. It ain't suicide. And if the news say it was, that's a goddamn lie. Um, like, uh, good line. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. But then, and then the, uh, the other rapper, uh, LP who I do really like, uh, is like his lyrics is like, as they progress, just become much more of like, sometimes, my dick is hard sometimes my <laughs> dick is soft and like it's so funny watching them like diverge in that way <laughs> um that, that kind of reminds me of like uh, i'm a huge most deaf fan um, oh right, yeah oh, yeah yes. yeah what's Yasin uh, Bey. yeah Yasin Bey. uh he um uh there there's that song that he has with that's an old song but uh, i think it was on a kanye album uh two words um where oh, yeah it's yeah like the you know uh most deaf has this really good you know super political verse and then um you know it's the, the you know the two words united states no love no breaks and then you know it's a great great verse there and then like kanye's verse comes in and he's like kanye hot shit like the whole verse is just <laughs> yeah. about how awesome kanye is oh i love that shit man yeah <laughs> i mean i've been i've been listening to um i don't know for my next video i've been like I don't know. I'll like, I have like all these fantasies about like, oh, if I could like, I wish this was a thing where like there's like some service where you could, because it would make perfect sense to do like as like a, a business model, like it, it's an underserved thing of like um for YouTubers to like figure out a way to connect them to people who own the rights to music to be like, look, if you like, if I put this music in my video, you could get the like, you know, uh, like demonetize it. The video will do worse. You'll get whatever the like money is for it. Here's just 
I'll just agree to give you that money and you agree to give me the rights to this uh, um, uh, song or whatever. And then the video doesn't get demonetized. I don't get in trouble. And you make money from licensing your song to someone who otherwise would not have been able to do so. Um, but yeah, I've been like listening to like, it does not happen that way though. So I've, I've been listening to a song um, by, um, uh, do you know, uh, tri- they used to be called the tribe called red. And now they're, um, I believe the hallucination. No, I'm not familiar with them. Oh, amazing um Canadian like um indigenous um uh I guess like electronic like uh e- like yeah, like EDM music slash like hip hop like uh beats. Um they have a song called Red, like R like R dot E dot D dot and it has um most F on it and um it's it's just so fucking good. I'm like fantasizing about being able to use that as the intro to my next video, <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying uh, to reply guy to them on Twitter now, so I can be like, "Hey, could I?" <laughs> well, um, well, let you know. Let me know if there's anything I can do to to help. <laughs> if that's yeah, no. If you can put in a word with um uh <laughs> with, with uh, tribe called Red or uh, or most deaf, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll I'll hit him up. Um, I've Thanks, always said dude. I'm pretty sure most deaf and I would vibe. Uh, yeah. So you know, I think that that might go a long way. Um. So uh, <laughs> I want you know uh. So yeah, political art, political communication in general. I mean, I don't know. What do you, what do you think makes for good? We were talking earlier about like trying to reach people. Um, and, uh, I don't know. What do you think makes for good political communication? I mean, does it, I guess it depends on a lot on the audience and, and what you're trying to communicate, but I don't know. Do you have any, any thoughts on that in, in general? I mean, um, well, it depends a lot. Like, I mean, if we're talking about like art, like I wouldn't really call what I do necessarily art in the sense that like or like i guess it is but like it, it's it's it i would say it's different than like what i think of as like what makes good political art is to me is not is like not trying to do what i'm trying to do which is like being i guess very preachy and like explicit about it so much as it is i feel like what makes really good political art is less of like this you know shouting consent over and over again <laughs> and more making the politics of the work of art an inescapable conclusion from experiencing that art you know what i mean where it's like it's not it's not a matter of like this is this is art that's trying to like preach at you this is art that is about how politics interact with the you know the speaker in the pieces of art's life and how the, the the political message of it is inherent to what they are you know talking about you know um when it comes to like something like like what I do, like video essays, um, I mean, my philosophy, which I like, I think this like does definitely like lead to like much better stuff, which I feel like some people don't always do, is um I'm of the view that like I, I try and write with like the like the audience that I have in mind when I like write a video is someone who is um just as smart as me, uh, but is not probably is probably not like and it's like liberal generally like liberal to leftist uh but like who does not share the same like um you know doesn't have an english and sociology degree doesn't know the same vocabulary as me hasn't spent a month researching the topics that i've been researching and so like my my philosophy in terms of that is like like when i'm writing it's uh always um it's never dumb down your ideas but always dumb down your language Hmm. like try like try and try and do like you can talk about as complex and like abstract an idea as you want, 
Also, just assume that the person you're talking to is smart enough to understand it, but also does not have any familiarity with the topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that uh, you have to lay some kind of foundation for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and with what you do, you know, being more like explanatory. I don't know. I would I would call what you do art. Um, I think there's, uh, you know, it, it has to, I think necessarily go, has to, has to kind of like weave in and out of being like art and then being kind of more of a, uh, academic almost pursuit. Um, and, uh, yeah. so, you know, because what you're doing, I think it, your videos, they, they can be very, uh, educational. Um, but I, I feel like they're, before any of that, they do sort of uh, they they leave the viewer with like an experience kind of above all else. And, um, you know, I think something that I've seen you do in some of your videos that uh, I would I don't you know, I don't know what it, maybe just when the ideas hit you is the only time you put them in. But I love uh, I don't always love it when uh, video essayists do this, but um, I love your little like sketches and stuff. Oh. That you <laughs> drop in. Um, maybe I just like I'm kind of simpatico yeah. with your like sense of humor as something maybe more so than I am with some other uh, essayists who I really like. It's just that like, you know, sometimes they do a skit or something and I'm like, this is just kind of, you know, not really like hitting me in the right way. But yours, I, I don't know, you feel like you have kind of a weird sense of humor. Um, and uh, what who would you say Thank some you. of the like, um, uh, I don't know, influences are on your like comedy specifically? Man, I don't know. I like, I mean, the thing with my comedy, like, and especially like in terms of stamp comedy is that like my favorite comedy is like the super weird shit and like super like alty comedy. Um, but that's not what I do or what I'm very good at. Like, I don't write that way. I write like, I, I, I write very formulaic, very structured stuff. Um, it's not to like say that like my stuff is like formulaic in like the like sense of like being like boring but it's like it's not i'm not like breaking the mold really in my stuff i feel like um yeah i i I don't know i feel like i I probably have a hard time like giving um particularly good like uh, people who are like i my like inspiration for comedy i don't really know if i how that like really plays into like my videos i feel like I, i mean what i will say with like with skits i think is that like I think that there's like um, when a skit is really, really good. Um, Philosophy Tube is uh, really good at this. Like when she hits it, she hits it so hard out of the park where a skit works really well when the message of the skit dovetails perfectly with the message of the video to a point where you understand both better because of each other. Mm-hmm. And like when like she I, she doesn't always do it, but like when she does, and I feel like she does more than more often than not, but like when she does, she crushes it and it, it like it's amazing um my my philosophy is i try hopefully try to do that i don't know if i'm ever th- if i'm that successful but even if i'm not i try and like above all make them re- make them funny <laughs> which i don't <laughs> think that many people try to do that much <laughs> yeah i feel yeah. like people can be like i'm doing an art thing so that's good mm-hmm. in of itself and it's like you get points for doing art but also <laughs> you should make it funny <laughs> yeah uh i mean yeah, I, I not think, to throw shade. I think like there are people who do like stuff that's way better than what I can do, and like you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not like I'm the best at whatever. But I, I do think I, I, I try and consistently not, you know, indulge myself if I can't also get a good joke in. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, you know, uh, the, wouldn't ask you to to comment on this at all. I, I would just say I think 
ContraPoints can be hilarious, but uh, I think sometimes the sketches and stuff go on a little long. And um, they, <laughs> and but oh, I think sometimes yeah. though, also I feel kind of dumb when I'm like watching some of her stuff because I'm like, I feel like she's going for like a real kind of sophisticated thing here that maybe is kind of going over my head with some of the sketches. So, you know, it, it could very well be me saying, hmm. that, you know, goes on. I mean, I, th- I think that she's like, a hilarious person. I think, like, there have been, I, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to, like, talk a bunch of shit, but also, like, I, who cares? I don't think that ContraPoints has any idea who I am. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe she's, like, a, a hardcore listener of this, but, um, no, like, the thing I'll say with, I was, the thing I'll say with her is that, like, um, I think that she is, like, genuinely a hilarious person. There have also been a couple bits where she'll be, where it's, like, this bit isn't as funny as you think it is, and you shouldn't just do an entire video where, like, being like a cat is the whole joke, you know? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's like, you know, it was funny once. It's not, it's not make a whole video where that's just the whole bit is, uh, it's not that funny. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think that that's, that's the case with, I think a lot of, uh, but you know, obviously maybe there's, there's an audience for it. It's just not my thing or that specific type of joke that she does sometimes, mm. but you know, and uh, I, but I think that's the case. Yeah. Well, she's had, she's had like, I don't know, this is, this is a hard thing to do. And she's like the best at it. She's yeah. had so many videos where she's like, so funny, like start to finish bar for bar. Amazing. Like, I don't know. I give her, I give her a pass for having like one or two weaker ones, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and <laughs> it's like, uh, and, and, and I guess, um, yeah, just more, t- I think a lot of, uh, just kind of bring it out a little bit that like a lot of, um, YouTubers, uh, are, are just, it's just them and you know maybe a couple of their friends who are helping them make the videos or whatever and so they're not they 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 lack that thing that stand-up comedy has of having that feedback mechanism and so i think that 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 can lend itself to stuff like jokes going on for too long or um not you know not realizing that um and uh but you know my favorite uh little uh bit in one of your videos i think that that i can think of right now is uh the um, you, I, I think you have, and this is high praise coming from me, uh, because I love <laughs> Tim Heidecker is one of my favorite, you know, I love Tim and Eric. Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Done, you know, huge, uh, it's it, funny. Like a lot of the comedy stuff that I've done in the past has been not really resembled stuff, their stuff at all. Um, but they've, you know, got to be like my biggest. It's really hard to do stuff that resembles their stuff. Like, it's, yeah. it's really hard to do that and make it funny. A lot of people try to do Tim Heidecker and it sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's one I'd, I'd say maybe I've consciously or, you know, uh, in, intentionally to some degree, like avoided trying to do that because I think it's so that he does it so in Tim and Eric, they do it so well. You know, Eric Andre, th- that same kind of like school of comedy. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I feel like, you know, I should be kind of trying to do my own thing because I can't approach the way that they do. Same thing with like music. A lot of the bands that I love, like I don't try to play music that sounds anything like their music because I just, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, I, I would just be doing a pale imitation of it. I feel like so. Um, but uh, you're, but you have this one sketch. Uh, this is from a while back the video, I think, but uh, it's where, where you're doing a fake stand up comedy thing. And oh. um, the, uh, when, and, you know, I think the, the pinnacle of fake stand-up comedy was that, uh, t- I mean, it's not fake, but you know, that, uh, 
that Tim Heidecker, an evening with Tim Heidecker special that came out a, a little while back, uh, yeah. which I've watched so many times. I fucking love that so much. Um, and uh, your video, I think I've specifically gone back to that video a few times uh, and uh, specifically because I just wanted to see those sketches again. Um, I mean, <laughs> um, I, I mean, appreciate it also, though, like I uh, I can't take full prep for that at all. Uh, that was like ba- like basically all those jokes were written by Chill uh, 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 Goblin. <laughs> oh, really? The yeah. um, some of the, the editing and stuff, though, it's not just the jokes. It's like. Uh, uh, yeah, the editing you're... was me. The 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 weird animals and the shit and the yeah, I love that yeah. shit. Uh, that that really like uh, I think sets it off in a way that. But the jokes mm. are also great. Where the just like the I remember you in one with that. That ain't it, chief. And uh, yeah, <laughs> me laugh. Um, <laughs> but uh, and and that is that's such a difficult thing to do though. Is the um in, intentionally bad? I guess. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Humor that obviously could fall flat in so many ways. Um, and you have to have such a self-awareness, I feel like to pull that off that, um, and then to appreciate it too, you have to like have just the layers of irony that <laughs> have to go into making it and then appreciating it, I think, or. Um, For sure. I mean, I feel like the thing with stamp comedy is like to be, to, to do stamp comedy, you have to gain an appreciation for really bad stamp comedy because you're going to do a lot of really bad stamp comedy. You're also going to see a lot of really bad stamp comedy at like open mics or what have you, right? Like mm. you're going to have to like spend a lot of time at like shows where it's like, oh, this is brutal. Like this is like, you're going to see like some of the worst comedy imaginable. And I feel like to get through that, you have to kind of enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to, um, and it's like, uh, it, it's such a weird, it's hard to put into words, really, the what, you know, uh, I think it's so oversimplifying something to say, like, it's so bad, it's good. Because um, mm. it has to have a special quality to it that, um, you know, makes it uh, where it has to kind of transcend that in some way. I feel well, like. You have to like, you have to know why something is good or why something's bad, you know, like, it's, it's mm-hmm. not, it's like, you can't do that properly if you don't have a good understanding of why why is this joke bad or right like to like depth to under like to be able to understand that you actually have to like kind of know your craft right yeah yeah and uh yeah i think um that uh you you approached it in that video do you remember what video that was oh it was uh, my steven crowder one okay yeah no of course yeah perfect uh topic to be doing that yeah with, right um and uh and uh you know that is uh i'm, I'm sorry, i've been i've kept you for a long time here and so I'll, um uh just you know a couple things um i guess something i always like to ask about is just like why and you obviously perfect person to ask about it. It's a good segue. Um, that, uh, why do you think it is that conservatives are so bad at comedy and maybe at art in general? Okay. Well, I mean, here's my thing is that I don't think that like conservatives are inherently bad at comedy. I think that a lot of the comedy that like people who aren't like super plugged into comedy see from conservative is terrible because I think that like, like the thing is, conservatives have a way of like like there is an infrastructure to sell out as a conservative comedian i think like generally conservative artist that there isn't for like left wing uh on the left like right right like you can if you want to just be like yeah i'm just gonna say whatever these fucking like judd douchebags want to hear and you're going to like that will propel your career so far right like because there is such a dearth of like talent from people who like 
agree with them and want to make like political content about those types of things. Like um uh Norm Macdonald is like a conservative comedian who was like one of the funniest people ever, right? Like it doesn't make like I don't think that being conservative makes you bad at comedy. I think that um being like branding yourself as a conservative comedian is something you only do if you suck at comedy. Though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, cause it's something that like, it doesn't require any skill because there are fewer conservatives in comedy than there are liberals in comedy or like leftists in comedy as there are, as is the case in any art. And so because there is such this like hunger and there is such a demand for it, you don't need any skill. Like you can just like, yeah, I'll just say whatever you want me to say and they will love it. Right. So, um, and because like there's no competition because like it's just yeah i'm going to be the conservative comedian like that's why you get so much garbage like conservative comedy i think mm. yeah yeah no i think that's a good point uh and um <clears throat> there's so much of it is just like they're just yeah. saying a conservative thing i mean so like i i, I like it, like just like in terms of like vocal sound comedy like i um I know a guy, uh, I liked, like, you know, it sucks with stamp comedy where it's like so many of the people I know have become like, like full, like anti-vaxxers and like, like shit like that, you know? Um, but, um, uh, I know this guy who like, you know, is like, um, good comic. I've always kind of liked him. We've never like buddies, but we're like, you know, um, in general, like we like see each other, like say hi and like sort of like hanging out a bit. Um, but, um, uh, you know, he, he like recently made this like, uh, video they put out on instagram that's like gotten like you know insane number of views um that's him like this is like during like the, the like the trucker convoy and it's him talking about how like um oh justin trudeau said that like only people who support are like um uh uh are white supremacists and he's like um uh, a brand dude and he's like um well, I, I mean, I guess apparently I'm a white supremacist then. It's like it's not even like a joke. It's just like him being sarcastic basically, right? Um and it did amazingly well. Like the the crowd that like watched it, it, like in the video, is like clapping and like freaking out and like dying of laughter. Um, the video's gotten like t- like thousands of views. Um, and so and like that's an easy thing that you can do, right? As like a conservative comedian, like there's not that many of them, and so the crowd is like hungry for any of that shit, and so like. Like, that's just an option that they have, right? Like, that, that that's just, it's just a button that they can always press. And there's plenty that don't do that and are just, you know, like, asshole whatevers, but they aren't, like, cashing in, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and um, I guess, I don't know, it's like, if you're a, uh, a mean-spirited person that and uh, there's an audience that is also mean-spirited, and if you just are mean-spirited too, they, uh, um, you know, respond to that. And uh, if you're not a mean-spirited person, you just don't, like, get the appeal. So, I don't know. Maybe there's I mean, a... I will say, I don't think that, like, being mean-spirited is, like, synonymous with being, like, with, like conservative comedy. I, like, I'm in general against the idea of, like, punching up versus punching down. Um, I'm sort of, like, um, because, like, like, I, I, like, when I say that, what I mean is that, like, punching up versus punching down is, I think, much more a matter of, like, how the audience perceives you rather than like an actual analysis of the per- like the subject of the joke socioeconomic status like mm. um like I, like I, like it is generally true that audiences prefer when 
the joke is about someone who is like lower, right? Like, uh, and then, you know, that, that even goes back to like, um, Aristotle, like talking about like his like rules of comedy is that like tragedy is when like bad thing happens to like someone who's like high up and, uh, comedy is when a good thing happens to someone who's like, whoa. Um, and so, um, like, uh, like that is generally a rule. And like, also it's generally a true that like, it's harder to make yourself seem like the underdog if you're like making fun of someone who's like well below you. It's hard to like, you know, come off like a good, like the good guy uh, if you're making fun of like a homeless person. Right. Mm. But that doesn't mean that people like, you know, can't do stuff like that. Like I've seen um, uh, there's, there's a comedian I know who will um, I've seen him do this like joke in like small towns where he's um, saying how like he uh, 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 like, like, he's being like bullied by like trans people. Right. Which is like objectively not the case. Right. You know, he's a like old straight white dude, like uh, this straight white dude, like objectively trans people are more disenfranchised than him in society, but the way he structures the joke, it doesn't come off that way. And you know, the audience obviously doesn't really think that that like, you know, uh, to some extent agrees with him. On the other hand, like I have a joke where, um, I like being mean in my act a little bit. Like, I think it's fun. Like, you know, I, I have a joke where it's like, um, uh, it's me. Like I'm mean in the joke. I'm making fun of like, I used to work at this yacht club where I was a server where I was like serving these like incredibly rich people who were pieces of shit. And if you look at like objectively any element of the joke, I am the underdog in there. Like I'm a server who's like making like shit wages, uh, like talking to people who are being like pieces of shit to me. But in the joke, I like to be a little bit mean there. And like, I talk about them in a bit of a mean way and audiences will sort of pull back from that. Even though like, like in an objective sense, clearly (laughs) I am not the, like, I'm not the uh, like punching down, but in the context of the joke, I am kind of right. Like Mm -hmm. I am kind of like be like, I'm, I'm a, kind of letting myself be the bad guy because i think that's kind of fun to do in jokes sometimes um and like yeah like i i, I don't think that it's yeah I'm, I'm a bit against the idea of like punching up or punching down i don't think that like there's an objective like an objective morality that's sort of like at, at play in humor i think that um like i do think that like making a joke where you're like making fun of like a more marginalized group or whatever, it makes you a bad person, but it doesn't make the joke bad. Hmm. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I completely see what you mean. Like, and uh, I think that, uh, um, you know, the, what, what you were saying about uh, made me think of Dave Chappelle, like how, you know, the, he's hmm. able to frame that's him being an underdog to trans people, like the trans mob. Exactly. Or yeah. This joke. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I, uh, and, and uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I guess I'm not, I was kind of trying to, um, like differentiate between, even though I think there's a lot of overlap between just conservatives and people who just like seem to just get off on being fucking mean. Um, like I was kind of trying to differentiate between, you know, I don't think those two things necessarily are the same thing. Um, and it, and I think that like, it can feel good to be mean spirited. Um, and, and it just kind of depends on who you think that is a justified or, mm. uh, you know, a way to be toward somebody or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like to be clear, like, I don't think that like, it's just good 
in life or just in general to be like mean spirited. I do think that like, like, um, I don't know. I, I am of the opinion that like, I think that like with art in general, artists are the type of people where anytime you set a rule, like you can't punch down, you can't be, you have to be the underdog in a joke. Artists are just the types of people where they'll, they'll see that rule and then go, Oh yeah, I'm going to try and break that. rule. <laughs> like you can't set any hard rules in art because someone is going to try and break it. And it is fun to try and break that rule. And like, I think just like, as a, you know, like just in the domain of like play and art and like art and just like fun that is, comedy they're like it's okay to be mean in a joke uh obviously you know there's like people who i think are much you should be mean to in general and people who you should not be and like i'm not saying like you know like make mean jokes about whoever but i don't think that it's necessarily bad or makes like a joke bad to do that yeah and i mean i I think yeah it's hit the nail on the head with like saying uh, making hard and fast rules about uh, any art form um, is just, uh, it seems like, you know, it's the type of thing that people who are not uh, creative uh, might mm-hmm. might do, or people who just don't have the, uh, I guess, like, um, creative impulse to the same degree um, might not, like, understand why that is just, like, kind of a nonsense thing to do, um, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but uh yeah so um yeah well i I've, I've kept you for so long. thank you so much for being oh, no so worries, like, generous yeah, yeah. with your time um i'd like to you know talk to you again sometime um uh, for I, sure dude um my 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 gimmick for this uh this podcast is that i make a theme song for every guest so um, <laughs> i uh and I, i've okay. actually kind of already been working on yours and it's like really fucking weird music so um i love you know, it i love it um, I, I I spent all of high school trying to convince myself I loved Frank Zappa, so like <laughs> I, I, I do like Frank Zappa, but like I, I was like I was like trying to be like I was listening to like Weasel's "Rip My Flesh," being like, yeah, this is good actually. I like I like this just avant garde noise. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I um I, I, I that makes like- me smart. <laughs> yeah, somebody like people who are really into Zappa or um I, I always have like a little bit of a um I don't know I'm like uh, jealous of them in a way or people who like seem to really actually super appreciate like avant-garde jazz or something mm-hmm. um and uh but I have recently gotten more I've always been a very like kind of you know meat and potatoes kind of musician like either you know punk music or like singer songwriter kind of stuff just you know standard verse chorus kind of music but um i have recently started letting myself get a little weirder with the stuff that i make especially because like what i i'm not like in a band who's recording albums anymore and like playing live so i'm you know it, it's like i have the excuse now of being like oh this is just a joke song and so i can make it just as right, right, right. strange as possible and experimental um and uh yeah so i um and i i recently heard something that uh i heard dirty projectors for the first time and oh, yeah, they're great. Uh, <laughs> i was i was like oh shit you can make they are a popular band and they make music that sounds like this. Like I, I can make <laughs> shit like this or, you know, maybe not this good, but I can make stuff that's this weird and sort of unpredictable. <laughs> and right, so, right. yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, is there anything else that, uh, I think I pretty much got to everything I wanted to talk to yeah. you, you know, about tonight. I do actually kind of need to get going. My, yeah, uh, yeah, my, yeah. my partner's uh, at a bar and I should go and meet <laughs> okay, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. So uh, thanks. Thanks again for being so generous for, with your time. Course, uh, where yeah. can people find you and follow oh, you? Uh, um, 
You can uh, check me out on YouTube. Uh, my channel is called We're in Hell. You can also uh, find me on um, uh, Twitter. I don't really use Instagram. You can find me there too, uh, both under the same uh, uh, handle, which is uh, We're in Hell, Y-T, all one word, no apostrophe. And uh, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again and have a great night. Um, and yeah, thanks. I will, uh, you too. I'll let you know when this is up. All right. Peace out. Peace. Thanks, thanks so much for having me. It's time to finally My pop pleasure. her up and decide which one I want to kiss. Want to kiss. Want to kiss. We're in hell now. We're in hell now. We're in hell now. Welcome to hell. They be. They be. They be. They be. That is going to do it for today's amazing edition of Bread Sheets. Introduction or outroduction. Thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, thank you so kindly to Mr. We're in Hell for joining me and being generous with your time and just doing great work that's worth interviewing about. Uh, follow me, Haas Bossman, on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, which is for Twitch and Patreon at Haas underscore Bossman and on Bandcamp and TikTok. And Haas Bossman without the underscore. Make sure you subscribe to this show and tell your friends to, to and please rate and review this podcast. We haven't gotten any new reviews in a while and it helps a lot. So, uh, yeah, go to Haas.fun, all my stuff, and subscribe to where. Can, can you tell that I um, have a bullet list of things I'm supposed to mention that I should mention for like, SEO following purposes every episode. Um, I'm just kind of trying to get through it. Uh, anyway, where in hell? That's not uh, just from a list. That's from the heart. And uh, subscribe to him on YouTube and Twitter at where in hell YT and uh, youtube.com slash where in hell. And I think that's going to about do it. Um, uh, here's a quote that I, for some reason, put into the document of my notes of everything I wanted to touch on for this episode. Uh, these are the kings of sophistry who spread pseudoscience and take people's money without giving them anything in return. I don't know where that came from. Maybe I said it. Um, and uh, also, uh, oh, make sure you flood the soul of every sentient being you encounter with healing light as you move throughout this precipice of pain. And... 
make sure that you stick around because I'm going to play us out with a song. I'm going to pull something from a live stream that I've done. Now that I've been going through the all the recorded albums we've got, and I have a really good live stream set up. Go follow me over there on uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Haas underscore Bossman, I believe it is. And um, check me out because... I've got a good sounding thing, and this is what it sounds like over there. Uh, I figured out a good little setup for that. If anybody wants to know my secret to getting into sound like kind of stereo-ish with just me and an acoustic guitar and getting that full sound out of it, well, hit me up at twitter.com. This is a song. I don't know what it is. So, Robot Voice, which song did I choose to pull out of the live stream clips and play here at the end of the show? When Love is Gone by Tom T. Hall. All right, that one. Love you, Radiate Healing Light. Spring could come, you'd never show it. Love could come, you'd never know it. Life is drawn so many tears from your eyes. You've been used and lost the user You've been branded as a loser Where did all the sincere people go? When love is gone It'll not return Rivers full of your tears and bridges have been burned. Someone took your four-leaf clover. All your lucky days are over. That's the way you feel when love is gone. So long, dawn is hardest Quiet heartaches in the darkness How could scars so deep Still plainly shown All the old dreams so delicious All your new schemes so suspicious Where did all the sincere people go? When love is gone, it'll not return. Rivers full of your tears and bridges have been burned. Someone took your four-leaf clover All your lucky days are over That's the way you 